Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are joining you before the show as we want to talk about the passing of Jay Brisso. We found out last evening that Jay Brisso, age 38, one half of one of the best tag teams ever, the Brisso Brothers, passed away in a car accident. Now, me and Jake both found out this story about 9 o'clock last night. And Jake, I was kind of like in shock. I had to go double check this. Yeah, I was just coming home from work uh, in my car. Then I got a couple of uh, messages, a couple of DMs. And uh, it really like stopped me for a second. So I had to like pull over to like a 7-Eleven to really digest the news and just, just, go, just go on social media to see what was going on. And I just couldn't believe it. It was really heart-wrenching to find out uh, last night. Details are still in light on what exactly happened in the aforementioned incidents um, in, in Laurel, Delaware, uh, the small town. Around 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, that took the life of 38-year-old Jameen Pugh, uh, better known as Jay Briscoe, to all of us wrestling fans, and another person that has yet to be identified, other than they were also driving a vehicle involved in the crash. But yeah, I mean, Jay Briscoe, I mean, there's, I mean... Like what, what? What else can you say about him? I mean, a fixture in Ring of Honor for 20 years. He and his brother Mark started making a name for themselves in the early 2000s in the northeastern U.S. indie scene. Uh, worked for CZW, uh, NWA, and other promotions. It, just a pure legend. Uh, one of the one of those legendary tag teams in uh, in the underground scene and and definitely in modern in modern tag team uh, in the modern tag team scene. You know, Jay Briscoe. Also, also a former Ring of Honor world champion himself, uh, two times, first holding the gold in 2013 and then for a longer run in 2014 through 2015. He and Mark wrestled all around the world, held the IWGP tag team titles, the GCW titles three times, the Impact tag titles, uh, just to name a few. And uh, Jay Briscoe's wife posted an update to Facebook Wednesday morning asking for prayers for their children um, following the fatal crash. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing else can be said. I mean, it's, it's, it's so heartbreaking and I'm still in shock to this day um we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to to the family uh, to ashley and and f- and for the rest of the children as well it's yeah it's yeah it's really gut-wrenching uh, when i heard the news last night hey david since you're the long-term real honor fan can you tell us how to me the bristol birds have always been like the cornerstone of roh they've been there since almost day one well they've been there since day one um sean they appeared on the very first show they made the now although obviously jay pretty comprehensively covered their career there including mention of some of their major major titles and obviously jay's short-lived individual um running ring of honor which um was was deserved i think i don't know whether you'd call it successful and i don't want to down cry the guy but it was certainly deserved i remember seeing them early doors and i remember seeing them early in the uk in, in a company called ip ipw not one pw but ipw over here met them they were lovely fellas if you could understand them the um, delaware accent shall we say um wasn't far removed from their character that they had in real life. Um, they were genuinely chicken farmers, which I always thought was a great gimmick to play off real life. But it was as a tag team that I will always, always remember them because they crossed that bridge between... They were somewhere between FTR and the Young Bucks. Yeah, they weren't afraid to take stupid bumps. I mean, you look at the Ladder Wars series of Ring of Honor, of which they played a really prominent part. They took some crazy bumps and they weren't afraid to do that. But they could also wrestle. They could also genuinely old school, Jim Cornette approved tag team wrestle, if you like. And and that's what got them over with the Ring of Honor fan base and therefore gave them a fan base to any independent um, promotion that they went to. It's just a complete tragedy. They've just come off finishing 
something that we eulogised hugely about the final battle, the uh, final match with FTR. And uh, it's just a complete tragedy. I saw, I woke up to have an old man's toilet break at half past one UK time this morning and looked on my phone and saw it through Greg Oliver. So you knew, unfortunately, was correct. And that's when I put a message out to you two as well straight away. And then by the time I got back into my bed, my, t- my Facebook page had just blown up un- unbelievably. And it mm-hmm. was obvious it was true. Jake said it. We obviously didn't, you know, we wouldn't wish this on anyone. And all our thoughts and prayers go out to family, friends, and anyone affected by him. And particularly Mark. Poor old Mark. Where's he going to go now? What's he going to do? Um, and the fact that we'll never hear that music and see those two coming down the aisle to Dem boys and hearing Man Up chanted again. It's a tragedy and a dreadful, uh, terrible shame. It's really inspiring to see the whole wrestling world just come together uh, and just giving their their tributes and their memories of of Jay. Um, you know, we saw last night on NXT, uh, we saw Vic Joseph and Booker T announcing the news. And I, I saw Booker T, like, he looked pretty shaken up uh, when he when uh, delivering the news as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's great to see, you know, such a community just come together and just uh, uh, speaking out on a, on a fellow brethren uh, like that. You know, guys, like, looking over through wrestling Twitter, it seems like Jay Bristle was one of those good guys in this industry that a lot of people just want the world of. And I feel like his legacy is going to last forever. If I were Tony Khan, I'd be thinking about adding, like, an honest to goodness Jay Briscoe uh, memorial show to the schedule whenever uh, whenever the ROH tapings were due to begin. I would even uh, just go back to the, you could go, go back to the library and just put, like, a live stream of, like, all the uh, all the best matches uh, on YouTube. Like, I could just, 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 like, binge those, like, all day. I mean, it's to think how many years, like, you know, since like 21 years in Ring of Honor. I mean, that's that's one hell of a legacy to to leave out. <laughs> I'd like Tony personally to give Mark a, a deal, even if it's as a mid-card singles wrestler in AEW. I'd like to see him on one of the big stages. Just um, I know it's not going to be the same, but I think it would be the decent thing for them to do. We are recording before AEW Dynamite this evening. I do believe AEW is going to do some stuff to honor Jay Brisso. We'll tell you guys next week about that. Before we go into our regular show here, I do want to express our sincere condolences to the Brisco family, friends, and all of their fans. No easy transition to this, so we're just going to do our best to entertain you. And now here's the show. This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I am joined by Jake from the Windy City and David the Smart Mark. Gentlemen, how are you doing? We have a lot to talk about today, Sean. Really looking forward to the show today. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I know, Jake and David, we do have a lot to talk about. We get a surprise return, and I feel like maybe a lot of people got let down by a non-return. So let's get right to the control center here. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, gentlemen, we got surprised on last week's episode of AEW Dynamite TV as the return of one Adam Cole, baby. Are you ready for story time with Adam Cole, guys? Hell yes. 
Uh, it was one hell of a hell of a pop to return, especially in Los Angeles uh, last week. It was an amazing it was an amazing return, and I thought it was the right decision to put Adam Cole as a babyface, uh, present himself uh, in that way. And uh, man, he he definitely got me uh, with the uh, with the slight swerve uh, uh, over there, uh, thinking that it might have been his last time uh, in the ring. But uh, it was just an amazing reaction last week, and I and I. Couldn't couldn't have put it like in in a better light. <laughs> yeah, I agree with most of that. I thoroughly enjoyed the promo. Great seeing him. Always been a fan. Um, I hope he gets used right this time. I've already got my personal booking lined up for him. I hope they, you know. Um, I hope they um, they do it. And if Tony ever, Tony, I know you listen. When you want advice on how to book Adam Cole, come and see us. I'll sort you out. Okay, Jim. The one person we all were kind of expecting or a lot of people were expecting to be on this dynamite show was one former sasha banks now she hasn't appeared for AEW TV yet but she is making waves with the owners of stardom as she went out and tweeted some quotes for another promotion and ruffled some feathers with and the owners of stardom so gentlemen do we see sasha banks in AEW before july with uh, mercedes monet at this point i don't really expect it but uh i won't i won't be surprised uh though um this could be an issue of uh, new japan and bushi road and stardom having first dibs on her Uh, would i like to see it uh definitely um she uh she has she has the glamour she has the star power to do so but hey she's already booked uh, against Kyrie for a battle in the valley uh, in san jose so i mean she she already has uh, some some good stuff on her plate anyway do we see it by july yes i think we do i think mercedes banks or sasha monet whatever um <laughs> whatever she's going to be called I, I i i do have my doubts based on the i, I i'm going to put it down to Kyrie not taking a new finisher very well the introduction in um Wrestle Kingdom was decidedly underwhelming, so I hope AEW, with their great track record of introducing new stars, um, do it well. Um, but yeah. fingers crossed, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see her in there. I think she can only help the women's division, but we've said that before, guys. Sure. And um, we've still got to be proven right over some individuals. So we'll wait and see. But yes, I do. In answer to your question, George, I think she'll be there before the end of July. Yeah, at least it'll be in a US, in front of a US crowd, so won't be awkward to look at uh, at least well apparently she's already um she has she has obviously from the wwe and you pinch yourself this guys you pinch yourself this has a reputation of being difficult to work with backstage now apparently she's only been with new japan two weeks and that's already resurfaced but again pinch yourself well jimmy it would not be this show and I wouldn't be myself if I didn't mention this next news story. As over the weekend, Jenny went onto her Instagram and Twitter and announced that she is retiring from in-ring competition. So I do want to wish one of my favorite professional wrestlers of all time a very happy retirement. Oh, definitely. There was some speculation that Jenny might take a not like a non-wrestling role uh, with WWE, and that could still be on the table. But yeah, I mean the the times that I did see NXT UK, uh, she was definitely uh, definitely a highlight uh, every week. Uh, for now, uh, we just wish. Uh, Jenny, health and happiness in whatever whatever it is that's next. Basically, she's going to have about 18 children with uh, Walter. <laughs> that's what she's doing, Sean. Okay, last news story, guys. As we were recording last week, 
we were basically inundated with news from the WWE and speculation that the WWE was going to be sold to, like, the Saudi Arabians. Now, at the time of recording, the WWE still hasn't been sold, but there has been more lawsuits going into stopping the WWE from being sold, as a lot of stockholders are going out and trying to get this man stopped from doing any kind of action on this front. Yeah, uh, we just saw, what, what is it, the Detroit the Detroit cops, uh, who are also uh, uh, stakeholders in the company as well, uh, just, like, filing a lawsuit what else is there to say then uh, what a mess <laughs> it's 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 only it's only we're in the middle of January and and it's going to be a such a crazy year as far as like news in in professional wrestling uh it's just like how, what else can you handle <laughs> Um, the fact that uh, Vince has already voted himself back to being executive chairman of the board or whichever, whatever the official title is, but basically he's got rid of every naysayer. His daughter resigned before they could even have the company vote on whether he should be going, he should be chairman of the board again. I mean, that speaks volumes. You know, she didn't want to get him, get herself involved in the vote. It was a unanimous decision to elect him, re- return him to being chairman of the board. It speaks volumes, guys. The guy will do what he wants. He don't give a flying about lawsuits, about, you know, what other people think. And I still am convinced, until I see it otherwise, until Jake, with all his um, Wall Street connections, tells me <laughs> otherwise, I am still convinced it's going to Saudi Arabia. Why wouldn't it? What would upset everybody the most? Yeah, well, I mean, what would? I mean, unfortunately, I listened to uh, Nick Khan uh, do, like, an hour-long interview this morning. It's it's really fascinating. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he was on the Bill Simmons podcast this morning, uh, which is kind of ironic because he was one of those guys in the board of directors who unanimously unanimously um, uh, voted against uh, Vince coming back. It's really fascinating, not because anything terribly interesting is said, but because you can see why why Khan got where he, he has. I mean, he's he's one he's one hell of a politician, dude. And uh, <laughs> hey, props to him. Uh, but you know, he's he's like your typical Tory, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, get in there. Well, we're going to leave this news segment here. We'll keep you informed <laughs> as we go along through the this new rendition of Secession, as each week we're getting a new kind of twist and turn as the WWE might be sold. So maybe by the time we join you next week, WWE has been sold. I can tell you who bought it. Okay, gentlemen, let's slide over to our stunning six questions of the week. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and Jay can figure it out. And as we were talking about earlier in the episode, we had this possible debut a lot of people were hyping up for. And it seemed like Tony Khan and AEW Creative was doing the same thing during the fall. So were we the ones to blame for being overdecided for somebody coming onto AEW Dynamite last week? Or was it Tony Khan just leading us along? Who was in the wrong here? I think we, the fans, really hyped this up a little bit. And I think we did a lot of, like, trying to place our expectations. Uh, well, first of all, when did AEW advertise her? It's not like they advertise her for a pay-per-view and then during the ring introductions announced she would be appearing uh, like WWE uh, did at SummerSlam like a couple years ago uh, when she was planning on returning. Uh, If you believe that they hinted her and didn't deliver, that's on you for falling for what's called a red herring in the entertainment industry. Trying to make the audience think one way because, uh, before you deliver something else. I mean, look, in AEW's case, they literally announced Tony Storm was the partner like well in advance. Uh, I can't knock AEW because some were hoping for Mercedes to show up. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we kind of we kind of like lifted that ball uh, and 
and just expected it to to happen. So, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but that's on you, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree with a lot of that. There's, um, I mean, I for one, I for one, never remotely um, expected Sasha Monet Banks to come out for for this um this episode. Um, Adam Cole was a pleasant surprise, as we've already discussed. But yeah, no, it's, it's totally on the fans. Um, Tony's got nothing to um, apologise for. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. For once, he hasn't here. That is totally on the audience, and 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 you know, people people who are not quite as intelligent as us, but do what try to do what we do, and they, you know, they presume and presumption is, you know, presumption is, you know, that I can't really say because Sean keeps it the family show, but presumption is not a good thing some of the time. You know, guys, I was thinking like from the beginning, like I knew there's rumors of her going to New Japan for wrestling. I'm going like, you know, they want to have her on the American show first because so i was thinking like there's no way she could be on this episode of AEW dynamite tv before that event coming up in california for new japan for wrestling later this month so mm-hmm. i yeah. was i was already thinking maybe they get somebody else in the works coming in then like you said jake they announced tony storm was the person that's going to join soraya for this match like two weeks before the match happened so i really feel like it's the fans who were kind of like hey maybe they're going to swerve us again but I really feel like we built the expectations up on our own here. Another another thing is for when she debuts, guys, and think on this. You've got Hater as the Women's World Champion at the moment, and I've got no issue with that at all. The obvious build is for the turn between Jamie and Britt Baker and then have that feud there. I'd personally keep it on Jamie as well when you go through that feud because that's a natural feud to follow in the upcoming months. So when do you bring her in? Because you don't want to bring her in like Soraya, because Soraya's a, multi, a multi-time ladies' world champion who's now stuck in the mid-card with some dross. And I'm sorry, she is. Tony Storm, whether I like her or not, which everyone knows I don't, has won multiple championship belts and is stuck in mid-card dross. But that's because she is mid-card dross. That's another story. But she's still a big name. Look at what has happened to Ruby Soho. You know, all these people they've brought in and they've not been booked very well. So for Christ's sake, I'm saying don't bring her in yet. Leave it till at least the hater feud, hater brick feud is going to reach a climax and then bring her in as the next challenger. That's what I'd do. Yeah, they already have they already have enough women that uh, they can't even showcase uh, every week. Uh, yeah. So they, they're already like oversaturated uh, with a lot. So, I mean, if. If I was smart, if I was uh, leading the charge, I wouldn't do that yet. I mean, at least like just wait and just wait down the line. Yeah. Okay, Jim, and standing question number two, as we look back at Adam Cole's return to AEW, do we see Adam Cole entering at AEW Revolution or is that too soon for him to get back in action? What do you think, David? What's up, Revolution March? March? Yes, it's March. Yeah, no, I don't see a reason why not. Now, I'm going to tell you my little booking thing and see what you think to bring him, to start to get him, to build him up towards either MJF, Danielson, Ricky Starks, whoever's the world champion. A gentleman we haven't seen for a while who we know has got talent but has just been booked appallingly in AEW, Miro. Bring Miro mm. back as an out-and-out Swine, an out and out bastard, if you like. Sorry, Sean. Just pretend I've said Pat there. Um, and really heal him up. You brought Adam Cole in as a dead white meat baby face. We've all said it, and we neither of none of us have said we dislike it. We're all fine with it. So have Miro, Adam Cole, 
Adam Cole has got to fight from underneath. He's got to be the underdog. He can bounce around the ring for Miro. He can make Miro look as he, as he is, look at a beast. And then, obviously, Adam Cole eventually goes over. It won't harm Miro, but it will strengthen Adam Cole going forward while they decide their world title picture. And it will make Cole look legit for that title. That's what I'd do. Tony, book it, or you're an idiot. <laughs> That's exactly, um, uh, you You got the same as I did, um, uh, David. Uh, I thought that, you know, as Adam Cole, if he's going to be uh, a pure babyface, uh, he should he should be booked like uh, trying to overcome the obstacles. And uh, if you want a couple of giants uh, to try to uh, try to overcome, I did think of a couple of people, uh, Miro, as you mentioned, and uh, mentioned uh, David. And I was also thinking maybe Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be show. yeah. I mean that that'll be one hell of a fresh opponent uh, for yep. for Adam Cole. Like if he remained if he remained a heel, I probably would have said Kenny Omega to like to finish off that feud. But but uh, since uh, he's coming off fresh as a babyface, I mean uh, I think a great storyline for him uh, would be to overcome massive obstacles. So yeah, those Cole are the two needs people. To stay I away from the kindergarten now. He's really, he's really, <laughs> no, but he does so, doesn't he? He does. I know they've got that natural alliance from the, you know, from the undisputed elite and all that, you know, and and, and no, they just need to stay away from each other. If you're going to push Cole, push him individually on his own and let him be pure white meat and find some proper heels, not tweeners, not someone who wants to get over it because they're, they're, they're cool and what have you, just out and out dirty heels. And Miro, and you're right with Hobbs, Miro and Hobbs can both do that. Another person that uh, has been used much, uh, do you think Andrade uh, could be uh, uh, another opponent for him? No, 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 I think, I think I, I mean, I see your point, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he'd get him over as much to elevate him, because okay. I'm thinking of the size difference and the actual physical overcoming to make him legit. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Excluding Brian Cage, I could I could care less about. Yeah. Him, no, so. no, 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 no. No, that never crossed my mind, Jake. You're all right. Okay, gentlemen. My idea is he should be the second challenger for MGF as a, like the summer challenger for the world title. As we're getting Brian Downson here in the beginning of the year, I feel like Adam Cole should be the summer challenger to MGF, and we can have a trio of matches between them during the summer. Having a trilogy of matches would be pretty interesting, and then uh, having like starting from maybe from double or nothing uh, going to the to the rest of the year that would be one hell of a uh, w- uh, one hell of a feud there I mean I mean look I mean MJF he already has a a, a lot of opponents uh, um, a list of opponents lined up with him Starks um, obviously Brian and and Cole as well and the one thing we got to think about guys we don't know how much longer Adam Cole's going to wrestle because he's coming off two concussions within what three months. That's a good point. I think this is the right, the right chance, the good chance right now to take this opportunity and don't do too much in the ring. Uh, just take care of yourself in the ring and just have those. Just focus on the mechanics and the technicalities uh, in the ring because, look, he's one hell of a mechanical wrestler as well. So um, I think that's what Cole should focus on, in my opinion. Okay, gentlemen, third sending question here. And, David, this might surprise you. I'm going to offer this scenario to you. We've always been talking about who should end Roman Reigns' reign as Universal Champion. I think I found another person we could do it with. Back on the last episode of SmackDown, Gunther beat Braun Strowman. Gentlemen, would you want to see Gunther be the next Universal Champion? Yes, 
but I don't think he will be. I don't think he's got the um, mainstream popularity or knowledge. Or Unfortunately, and I say this unfortunately, I would love to see him. He could take the boat home to Ginny, and then, well, you know, she could, you know, she'll be in the middle of having having all those children now she's retired. But unfortunately, I don't think they will because I don't think he's popular or mainstream enough. But it's a great idea, sure. Yeah, ditto. Uh, that would have been a that would have been a great uh, a great feud right there. Um, uh, but I as well uh, don't know if it's going to happen. But hey, if, I hope I'm proven wrong because that because because Gunther is is capable of. Uh, uh, being uh, one hell of an opponent, and as far as like you know, uh, showing himself and charismatically, and and try to attract you know the the mainstream audience, uh, he has the perfect capability to do so. So, and we've been arguing that Roman Reigns is not a heel anymore; he's basically a baby face. And we could get it onto Gunther. We have a heel, and we can have Roman basically chase for the title again. The only reason Roman's a baby face is because of Sami Zayn. Yeah, it's not it's not deniable at all. I mean, you know, Sami is literally like you can say he's you know he's carrying he's carrying the bloodline on his shoulders right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, gentlemen, fourth standing question for you: We just saw the end of the best of seven series between Death Triangle and the Elite. Gentlemen, was that not the most anticlimactic ending to a best of seven series of wrestling matches you've ever seen in your life? Look, don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it was very action packed. A lot of big ladder spots. Uh, the live crowd loved it, and and hey, look, I mean, they seem to be satisfied. But after like seven matches, I thought I thought it was going to be like a very like dramatic type of conclusion. And after seeing it, like you know, hey, I, I still. Uh, I still slightly enjoyed it, but I thought there could have been more drama to this, and uh, they didn't. Maybe it be, maybe it's because uh, they were they were etched up for time, but um, I definitely expected more. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe maybe like more like you know emotions or more yeah, heelish tactics uh, tactics on uh, on the other side, but uh, I, I don't like. I was a little underwhelmed uh, with the with the overall climax of this. Yeah, bang on. They gave it 23 minutes. They built this up, built this up, coming back from 3-1 down. We all knew where it was going because it's the kindergarten and they booked their own, you know, results. But the big question for me is not just the fact that we all... To be fair, it was almost... And I understand why Sean's asked it, but it was almost a rhetorical question because it was underwhelming. It was a big, you know... I mean, there were elements of all seven matches that were just, just the same and it got a little bit tedious as... A best of three would have been brilliant. Paced it out over sure. three months. You know, you'd have had really something to look forward to. But we all knew where it was going. So therefore, a la my Wrestle Kingdom argument, the results spoilt it. And also now, what are the books? Well, what are all six competitors? Where do they go now? That's the biggest question for me, more than the some of the dross and some of the excitement, because they're equal, that I've had to watch over seven matches. Where are they going now? Does that mean that Kenny's definitely going to go nowhere near the heavyweight title uh, mix? Because that would indicate to me. It would also indicate that the books are not necessarily going to be pushing for the tag team title belts any soon. And if that's the case, fine that's by me. Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. But, you know, I'm being realistic here, Jake. And also, more importantly than that, what the hell happens to Penta, um, you know, and, and Pack and, and, you know, what... And, you know, what are they going to do with them? Because now they've got nothing. They're just going to become... And they're better than mid-card. They really are better. Especially Pac, Pac, man. 
I mean, especially Pac, man. Like he's yes. he's very talented. I mean, yeah. you've, you've seen him for a long time, and with the ha- and he was very smart with the hammer. I mean, he's he he's he has the capability of being one hell of a heel. I yeah. mean, what he, and what next is what else is going to do next? Go back to uh, Orange Cassidy uh, for the All Atlantic title. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that might be the yeah, most realistic yeah. thing happen. So and this is exactly Jake. This is my point. You know, it's not necessarily. You know what we've just seen. It's where do they go for these guys from now? AEW has got has got. I mean, more than WWE. The difference between AEW's top end and the mid card is huge. It really is, and it's difficult to see who they can take out of mid card and push. But Pack is one of them. Well, you guys have brought up a lot of great points here, and I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Who does the elite face next for these trio titles? Who's another trio in this organization that we House can throw to the elite? The House <laughs> of Black is the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, well, you got the other. You got the Ring of Honor six man tag tag holders uh, with the yeah. <laughs> Castle. So um, that, that could be another option for- there. Yeah. But uh, there, there aren't best friends. There aren't, you know, no, best there friends probably. Best friends. Okay, how about Penta versus MGF on a random episode of Rampage or Dynamite for the world title? I feel like that could be a good match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, you got the boring, the boring embassy uh, with Brian Cage and whatever, whatever those two guys yeah. <laughs> guys are behind him. I mean, yeah, that 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 would be awful. So <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. You have you have raised a point there. We are at the bottom of the barrel, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, after this trio, after this trio, like, what else is there? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's to me, it's a prime example that AEW has too many titles because you just start looking at the roster and go like, where do we go from here? And I can't think of a good solution to the problem. I just, yeah, I just remembered that you know, Ring of Honor has their own trios title, like the six man yeah. tag team titles. Like, <laughs> like who else in Ring of Honor, like with the this whatever roster they got, whatever size it is, like who else could be a trio over there too? <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Fifth stunning question. We're looking into Impact Wrestling as they came off a excellent pay-per-view they had last Friday night. And Mickey James, once again, is your Impact Women's Champion as she beat Jordan Grace. So, gentlemen, who is the one to retire Mickey James? Um, it, it, interesting. I, I was I was actually a little surprised. Um, like Hard to Kill was a great show. And uh, I was I really thought that Mickey was actually going to uh, retire. But, hey, it kind of pleasantly surprised me. I mean, out of the uh, out of the Impact women, uh, I could really maybe you know Taya Valkyrie could have a chance. I really like her. You know, they, they may they may uh, pull out a, like a rabbit out of the hat and try to get Gail Kim out of retirement to face Mickey. You just, <laughs> you just ruined me now. That's exactly <laughs> where I where I was going. Yeah, I stole I stole your thing there. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Deanna Perrazzo, obviously, uh, they could probably uh, they could absolutely go back to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are those are some of the ideas that I have there. Gal came out of retirement or Tower of Valkyrie are the only two options for me. You know, guys, going into that Friday pay per view, I was thinking Grace was going to go over, and that was going to be the end of Mickey James wrestling with Impact. I thought Jordan Grace is the perfect person to give this to and give the rub to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I just make a point on Hard to Kill? Go ahead, Dave. You're fine. How good is Joe Hendry? He got a semi-decent match at a moose. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that that's the most surprising thing right there, too. <laughs> ever, ever anyone needed a push after having to deal with that is Joe Hendry. Well, I believe Joe Hendry's going to have a very amazing 2023 in Impact Wrestling. I do see some good things coming his way. And, I hope so. hey, sign me up for Joss Alexander versus Joe Hendry. Yes, please. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be a great. That would be a great. Fight. I would actually buy that. What are you hoping for for Impact Wrestling in 2023? Really? Do, do do you hope that it'll continue? Do some do some good booking. Are you hoping that uh, they they can grow uh, at least a little bit? Um, yes. Yeah. Do you have your yeah? Do you or do you have your doubts and all? No, no, no. I was. It's Impact Wrestling, aren't they? They're like the um, the uh, large boil on mass of wrestling. Bless them. Yeah. But um. They every now and again that as you said you two gentlemen both said it was a half decent show you know it, it, it's not going to rival Wrestle Kingdom Final Battle or even All Out or something like that but it was a half decent show it was entertaining and it was worth the watch but you have to question and it's the same with Ring of Honor and Tony's going to come across this how do you grow that audience in this modern day when you've got all the indie companies. I mean, even Game Changer Wrestling, as much as I hate it, they're pulling in bigger crowds than Impact and mm-hmm. and, and their pay-per-views. And I hate to say that. Um, however, I have to say also, I watched Kenta in Combat Zone Wrestling last night in front of 40 people. There you 40 go. <laughs> people, and they booked Kenta. And it was <laughs> embarrassing. So Jeez. as long as TNA don't go down that route, We'll be fine. I mean, this is this is the uh, the talking points for the past couple of years. I mean, you got your fill with <laughs> WWE, AEW, and uh, the big New Japan shows. That's basically all I'm able to watch, uh, pretty much. Like, uh, I'll I'll watch like a couple of Impact uh, shows here and there. I mean, I love the the Speedball Josh uh, match uh, before the end of the year. I mean, that was that was one hell of a match. Um, but I, I can't be able to watch watch well simply because I don't have access TV. Uh, I can only watch it through through a, through their Twitch channel. There, there's only so much time that people can uh, can dedicate to in terms of professional wrestling. But, hey, look, I mean, the fact is, like you know, all, some people can only take uh, so much, and people have other other interests too. So, but going back to your question about why I want to see from Impact in 2023, Jake, I feel like they have found their groove. They're like the third wrestling company in North America. They're at a certain level. They got yep. the financial backing at Anthem that owns them. So they got TV station. They got a TV presence. And I feel like if they stay at this level and just keep giving good product, I think people will come to them and eventually you can have organic growth again. Now, granted, I don't think they'll ever get back to the heyday where it was Spike TV, TNA, where they were doing like nearly a million people a week. Yeah, but... I agree with you. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they have a neg- negative connotation uh, to them uh, because of uh, uh, because of the 2010 uh, with Hogan and Bischoff coming into the company, uh, and people still have and you know and obviously Spike canceling them. Uh, there's obviously like a negative connotation uh, attached to them, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I they're in a good place right now. Uh, they've definitely like bounced back from the, all the bad creative. The only thing I don't care for is Bully Ray. I could care less about him, <laughs> but I agree with you, Sean, on, on that aspect. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, sixth stunning question for you. Tonight on AEW TV, we're getting Kushida versus Darby Allen. Gentlemen, are we excited? Uh, for me, I mean, Darby Allen's a TNT title run is putting is uh, <laughs> starting off in a good on, uh, on on a good way, putting off in a good start. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, Kushida, I've been a fan for a while um, in in the New Japan Heavyweights uh, series, uh, you know. And you know, I think I, I'm I'm pretty excited about this match. And and we're also going to see Danielson and, and Bandito uh, on Dynamite uh, this week. So I, I could see this uh, being another another consistent uh, consistent run for Dynamite. So yeah. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, if I keep booking matches like that, Dynamite will become must-watch TV again. Look at the Danielson match last week. I would strongly, strongly put that up against um, Osprey and Omega from Wrestle Kingdom because the booking was right. Yeah, um, it was. It was a hell. Of, it's certainly probably the best TV match we'll see this year, unless they top it tonight. 
but they've obviously got themselves a new Japanese star, and hopefully AEW have allegedly booked him. They won't waste him. Let's fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm excited for both of those. It should be a good two matches already booked. You know, hopefully it'll be decent. Well, gentlemen, before we go this week, I do want to announce that we have a brand new website. You can go over to www.radiofreepw and get all your radio free professional wrestling content that your heart desires. We'll finally have our own website and uh, just a little bit of a tease. Uh, maybe we can see uh, something you can buy out of us uh, a little a little later. So still oh, working on that a little bit. So. Merch, Sean. <laughs> merch. Merch, Sean. Sean, Sean, merch. <laughs> maybe eventually down the road, guys. But, gentlemen, you can go to the website. You can listen to the show live on the website. Or you can go to your favorite podcast provider and subscribe to the show. We'll be on YouTube next, Jake. Yes. Please. So we can so we can uh, compete against uh, the Bam Boys. <laughs> so, that'd be no competition. No, not competition in the slightest. Boris is cute, but he ain't that cute. <laughs> and uh, Matt, and wait, hey, hey, Matt's cute. So I'm going to try to uh, improve on my on my appearance too. So <laughs> no, no, mate, you look good. You look good. We have to. Have, you are the youth of the program. So, gentlemen, where can we find you on the information superhighway? The Information Superhighway for me on Twitter, at Jake Allnar. On Instagram, jakealnar.mp4. To get all my takes and just the randomest crap any, on anything. <laughs> on life, uh, American football, English football, hockey, uh, wrestling, MMA, whatever you name it. You can find me in Dak Prescott's garden, encouraging him for next Sunday's showdown with the uh, 45ers as the Cowboys keep their inevitable march to Super Bowl glory this year. It's coming home. Oof. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please join us Saturday for RPW World Sports as me and David break down last week's wildcard weekend, and we preview the 49ers versus the Cowboys, and we'll see if David is still as excited for this game as he is right now. Tom Brady cried, I swear. Jake, David, ladies and gentlemen, Until we see you again next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, stay stunning. Brother. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.